And the person interviewing me wrote those words down, looked up from his piece of paper and said to me, so do you think we're going to like that? Yeah, I, I do what I do today, Kathy, because of a fourth grade field trip. No credit to me, just me fumbling along with what I knew at the time and the dog being very forgiving of my mistakes. It's really interesting finding ways to record when you're on the road. A very dear friend of mine, you guys have heard me mention him, John McLean, who's also the fantastic producer for this podcast, told me that I, when I'm traveling with my car, have the most powerful recording booth ever. My vehicle. So I am sitting in my car in a parking lot in my mother's community as I record this today. So it's also worth giving a shout out to the fantastic team at Findlay Kia in Las Vegas, Nevada. Thanks not only for my great transportation, but for my recording studio. So why is any of that relevant for today's podcast? Because the topic is about detours and distractions, a topic that I've mentioned a couple of times now since I set out on the road a bit over a week ago. And I gotta tell you, sitting in your car at the entry to a community in Boca Raton, Florida, there's lots of distractions. Also a lot of strange looks at people as they walk by wondering, why is that woman sitting in her car talking to herself? But I digress. This week's episode took an interesting turn. I had the script already, I had the content already, and then there was an incident. An incident that made me feel remotely like Laura Dern in Jurassic Park. So this week, the conversation on detours and distractions also includes the difference between judgment and discernment, and how a wayward iguana actually represents a lot of the problems that we have in society today, and how maybe, just maybe, by being kind and compassionate, instead of trying to crush and control, we might actually make some progress. Buckle into your curiosity today, folks. I'm Kathy Brooks, and this is Talk Unleashed. So last week, I said I was going to talk about the difference between detours and distractions. And uh, as I am at my mom's place in southern Florida and presently taking out the garbage cans and recycling bins, thought this was the perfect opportunity uh, to distract myself <laughs> with this week's episode. And the lesson is actually an interesting one that has shades of Jurassic Park, like literally shades of Jurassic Park. So in my mother's neighborhood, uh, where she lives um, and throughout Southern Florida, apparently people at some point got these iguanas that they thought would be super cool pets to have. And the problem is that these iguanas grow to be like five feet long, like they get to be huge. And so what they do is they release them. They're like, oh, these are tropical creatures. They can live outside and they release them. And then they lay like a million eggs and they replicate over 
and over and over again. And uh, they take over people's backyards and they eat people's gardens and they eat their foliage and all kinds of things. Well, my sister came over to my mom's house today to uh, swim in her pool and we get a panicked call from the pool from my sister that there was an iguana in the pool. So apparently, uh, since I am the designated dog behaviorist in the family, uh, apparently the belief is that I have the capacity to handle other creatures as well. So I was called in to uh, scoop said iguana out of the pool. Uh, it was an interesting process, and perhaps I will post some of the video of this experience a little bit later. But the point of it is really interesting, is that as I was you know, navigating my way toward getting this iguana to come up from the depths of the pool to the edge where I could scoop him up and get him out of the, get him out of the pool area, you know, my sister was screaming, he's awful, kill him, kill him. And I said, he's just, he's just being an iguana. She said, yeah, but they're awful and they destroy people's gardens and they destroy their landscape and they clog up their pools and they're just awful and they should be killed. And I said, well, it's just an iguana being an iguana. And actually, if people hadn't been stupid and put iguana, these iguanas where they didn't belong, if there hadn't been colossal human error in this scenario... We wouldn't be dealing with the iguanas. The iguana's not doing anything wrong. Can't hate on the iguana for being an iguana. And it occurred to me as I navigated a couple of other conversations today that this difference between judging people and having discernment, that I can disagree with things and I can not have the same belief in a thing but I don't have to make it bad or wrong. The act of making something else wrong is judgment. But discernment is my ability to look at something that's different, acknowledge the difference, and then actually in the process find maybe some way to communicate, to collaborate. Who knows, maybe even to find alignment. Earlier in the morning, I was walking the dogs. There were two women in an open garage, kind of at the edge of the garage in lawn chairs. And as I was walking by with my dogs, it felt strangely like we were a parade going by. So I gave them a little parade wave. <laughs> they thought it was funny. And we started chatting with me at the foot of the driveway. And then they, you know, we, they wanted to say hi to the dog. So I come up the driveway and we end up talking. And the conversation in which we ended up engaging was about this idea of people being allowed to disagree. Because they asked me what I do and I explained that I was a communications and leadership coach. And this one woman looked at me and said, what does that mean? I said, well, I support people in being able to have difficult conversations and enter conflict and do it without wanting to rip the other person's face off. <laughs> she started laughing. The other woman said, wow, can you help me with my sister? I said, probably. <laughs> this idea of being able to disagree, of being able to be in the same place with someone or something, perhaps that I don't like very much, and just to allow that to be. 
I mean, at one point, the iguana, after kind of deftly escaping my scoops, my scooping attempts with the pool net, had come up over the lip of the pool, but into this little um, overspill. So not up onto the pool deck, but kind of tucked under in this little alcove that ran all the way around the edge of the pool. And so I was you know, navigating my way toward you know, getting the edge, working the edge of the net in so that I could kind of scoop him up in it. And he was just staring at me. This very prehistoric kind of creature was just staring at me. So I started having a conversation. I was like, look, buddy, it's a chlorine pool. Chlorine can't be good for you. There, there's no food for you in here. The chemicals are likely harmful. And there's a whole enormous pond literally right over this hedge that's got all kinds of creepy crawly critters you can eat, all kinds of bugs and insects and other little fish and things that will be more enjoyable to you. I mean, I get that you like having the space to yourself, but come on, you should probably be in the other space, so let me give you some support here. And what was really interesting, and I'm not suggesting necessarily that the iguana could understand what I was saying, but as I was speaking, he was inching his way forward and kind of putting one paw, one paw, foot, claw, what, what do iguanas even have, feet, foot, putting one of its feet on the net and then taking it off putting it on, taking it off, putting it on, taking it off. And as I was talking to him, he just kind of navigated his way forward. Of course, at that point, my sister screamed and he dove back into the pool. And we began the process all over again. I finally managed to kind of get him swimming so there was some space around him. And I just swept the net up underneath him and, you know, swept it up out of the pool. And he was you know, just hanging onto the edge of it and looking at me like, do not make me leave this place. And I thought to myself, how often have I held on to something that wasn't really good for me? How often have I stayed in a place longer than my welcome? How often have I hung on with desperation to a place because I was too afraid to just let go and release and see what the different place might be. How often was I like that iguana? Inserting myself into a spot maybe that wasn't particularly comfortable, but I had my back against a wall, so I felt safe. And as I hoisted the net up over the hedge and kind of started to shake it, he was hanging on for dear life. He would not let go. So finally, I just said, look, buddy, this may not be fun for you, but I'm sending you back to a place that will be better, I promise. And I just kind of whipped in the net and he kind of flew off and landed in the grass. And I, I kept an eye on him for a minute just to make sure he was all right. And he you know, navigated his way away and kind of waddled over into the grass and down to the pond that was just on the other side of the hedge. Judgment versus discernment. Think about it. That judgment, that, that, that rapid fire, knee jerk, whiplash, you're wrong, I'm right, digging in my heels, committed to being right. Yeah, I get that. And boy, is it uncomfortable. It's like that exercise I've spoken about before on the podcast that one of my trainers, Michael Strasner, had us do this exercise of tensing 
every muscle in your body and holding it and holding it and holding it and holding it and doing it for like a minute and then releasing. And he says, so what's easier, holding on or letting go? And the answer is that release, surrender, is always easier. It doesn't feel easier, but it is easier. And judgment versus discernment is the same way. And it's, you know, it's an interesting time being in close proximity to a large portion of my family here for my mother's 90th birthday. Yeah, 90 years. Good to know I've got such great genes. She was born January 30th, 1933. Wrap your melon around that for a second. January 30th, 1933. Little history lesson for you. You know what happened that day? other than the birth of the most magnificent mom ever. Hitler was elected chancellor of Germany. Legally elected. Legally elected chancellor. The people of Germany put into elected office a man who would then lead a group of people into the most widespread display of hatred and genocide that the world has seen. Not that there hasn't been genocide before or since, not that there haven't been other evil, awful humans on the planet who have behaved in such a way. But on January 30th, 1933, the collective population of one of the arguably most advanced countries in Europe at the time elected a man who spoke to their fear, who told them there was an answer to their fear, who gave them judgment as a protection. I got to spend some time today with my nieces, my sisters, two daughters, and both of their husbands. We drove out near the ocean, and we we couldn't find a spot near the beach, so we parked on the west side of the intercoastal highway and walked up and over the bridge and down the causeway to to the beach and wiggled our toes in the sand for a little bit. And as we were walking back, one of my nieces turned and looked at me with this look of, of horror and disgust on her face and then turned back around. And I saw what she was looking at. She was looking at a couple of pickup trucks that were coming up the road with a bunch of flags flying from them. Now this, as I've said before, this is not a political podcast. I'm not here to talk politics. I'm not here to talk Republican or Democrat or any of that horse shit. But let's just say it was flags that represent one specific and particular side. And my niece was really, it was really affecting her. and, And I invited her to be curious. As the trucks were driving by us, I actually met the eyes of the people in the trucks and smiled and just kind of nodded my head, acknowledging them. They looked really surprised. And I would have loved the opportunity to actually have a conversation with them. Not because I think I would change their minds necessarily. Not because I agree with them. But because I'm curious. I'm curious about their beliefs. I'm curious about why their beliefs are what they are. How they came to be. Why they're important to them. I'm curious, and I invited my niece to look with that kind of curiosity, to look with discernment, 
rather than judgment. To keep an open mind. And maybe, just maybe, if each of us keep an open mind just a little bit more, some change can actually happen. Some days, I am the iguana in that pool. Other days, I'm the person with the net. Never know which one I'm going to be on any given day. Do you? Here we are, the end of another episode. So sad. But it's not really. Because there is an entire library of Talk Unleashed podcast episodes you can enjoy. And a whole bunch more yet to come. Make sure you don't miss any. Subscribe. Follow. Heck, Set up a carrier pigeon network if you like. Whatever it takes, just make sure you don't miss any of these conversations. And since conversations do require dialogue, meaning two, meaning back and forth, I want to hear from you. Who would you like to hear from? What topics would you like to hear addressed? Drop a line to talkunleashed at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, thanks for listening catch you next week.